The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Murray. It is week three of the 2018 college football season, and once again, we have an awesome slate of college football games that Aaron and I will break down for you to get you ready for this weekend. We are on social media at Punt and Pass. Aaron Murray is at Aaron Murray 11, and I am at Drew Butler 13. Aaron, what's going on, man? Hurricane Florence about to hit the East Coast. Some games already canceled. Some games are moving around. You and I are probably watching to see what happens with this Georgia game supposed to be played Saturday evening but you're heading out west I think to the Midwest for a game this weekend yeah I got Arkansas State at Tulsa my my biggest worry right now is getting back on Sunday That's so right. who knows where this hurricane ends up going if it goes a little bit farther south so I'm thinking I may have to bring either some extra cash to hit the casinos up <laughs> or or the clubs and maybe get a little round in Sunday if my flight does get canceled but Right now, it looks like it's going to be just mostly the North Carolina and then start to creep to Georgia late Sunday. So it's looking like the dogs are going to be being able to play Saturday night, which is a good thing. But the rest of these games on the East Coast, South Carolina canceled, the North Carolina game canceled, NC State, UCF. So there's been a lot of cancellations. Luckily, a lot of them are non-conference games, uh, which is a good thing. But still, yeah, and every just, opportunity every opportunity is a chance to get better early in the season. And they'll just cancel those games, right? Not postpone, not reschedule. Those are off the schedule for this season, right? Oh, they may try to reschedule later on uh, if they can. If, say, the, you can match up by weeks or maybe after the season uh, to get that 12th game in. But if it doesn't really mean anything to your to your team, whether it's a – like it's a non-conference. Why? Why? What's yeah. the use of doing it? It doesn't really mean anything. So let's let's move on and get ready for your next conference game. Like I said, it, it stinks. Say South Carolina, and we've talked about this previously. After a big loss, the best thing to do is get back at it. For get sure. Practice. Get go out there and play another game. Get the game plan going. Now you have to think about Georgia coming into your home and beating you down for two weeks before your next game. So that, that's that's a tough part now. Did you ever you know, have to deal the, with that in college? Any any weather, reschedule? I mean, no, I, know, I know a couple of years ago, Georgia and South Carolina played on a Sunday. No, I don't think – the only issue we ever had was, I think, our freshman year. Arizona State was coming to Georgia, 
and it was monsooning. That's right. The entire first half. That that was the the biggest. Blair Walsh, the longest delay we had. I mean, we had a little bit of delay, but I think probably about an hour kickoff. But other than that, it was pretty clean. Got lucky. Um, but yeah. like we said, the, the one issue for me too, which stinks, is the following week. I actually am covering NC State at Marshall, and both of their games this weekend are canceled. NC State versus West Virginia, which is two very good quarterbacks. Yeah, so it's interesting is. to watch that game, and then Marshall's game was canceled as well. Um, so both those teams are going to have two weeks of rest before I head up and actually go into Marshall for the first time to cover them next weekend. Huntington, West Virginia. Aaron, you will be able to certainly uh, make your make yourself – felt there that's a different spot for sure but that will be interesting i remember one time in the nfl um we were playing the new york giants in new york and hurricane sandy had just hit so we didn't even get to travel we woke up on sunday morning aaron and we got on the flight landed went straight to the stadium started doing warming up and then we went out there beat the giants got back on the plane so we did a in and out away trip in the nfl which is kind of crazy to think about that's wild. Well, but, it's nice when you can just charter a little jet yeah, and now good to go. <laughs> that is definitely true. All right, but the good games this weekend are not going to be affected by the hurricane. And if you are in the Carolinas or in the path of Hurricane Florence, please be safe for sure. But top games this week, most notably in the SEC, number 12, LSU, heading to number 7, Auburn, a top 15 matchup. And Aaron, you and I have talked about this game all week. You know it's going to be really good. Bottom line here, LSU coming off that huge win in week one against top 10 ranked Miami. A lot of turnovers. They capitalized on those turnovers. They have creeped up all the way to number 12. Is LSU legit? Because I still have questions. You may still have questions, but the media seems to be crowning them as being able to possibly compete with Alabama. Whoa, I haven't heard that one yet. Is that in your, your special little vortex that you're hearing they're going to be able to I might be, Yeah, I might be creating that vortex just to I pump them up creating, as much as possible because I'm saying it's not going to happen. I think you're creating happen. this new vortex right now. I, there's, they're not Alabama. I think everyone can agree. There's only a handful of teams like Alabama, first off. But I, I'm not even completely – I'm not even close to being sold on this LSU team. Offensively – Joe Burrow, I think this is going to be the first game that he's going to be really exposed. And it's not like he's been anything spectacular. He's 21 for 44 for the season. So you're talking about a quarterback who's less than 50% completion percentage. Made some plays versus Miami. Made some plays last week. But this is a different beast. You and I both know Plain and Jordan Hare. For sure. It's challenging. It's loud. It's going to be super excited because this is a big rivalry game to the top teams. Um, in the country and in the SEC, and you have a very good Auburn team. So th- those fans are going to be there early uh, and getting ready to use that home field advantage to get their team ready to go. I- I'm not sold. I'm, I don't think if you want to look at Auburn's defensive line, linebacker secondary, I don't think LSU is going to be able to move the ball up and down the field consistently this game. I think they could be shut down to less than 10 points, honestly. Wow. Just okay. so, I, <laughs> I like that. I think, I think this could be – a, an extremely dominant performance by Auburn's defense and then flip the script them on offense, Jared said those guys, I thought they, I thought they looked pretty good versus Washington and, and Washington's one of the best defenses in the country. Yep. And that's the first game of the season. You have to think offenses tend to get better and better each and every week. 
defenses have the advantage of they, they should be ready to go week one and definitely by week two. Auburn week three into the season right now, the way they perform these first two weeks, they're going to be feeling like they can go out there and dominate. And I think they can. I think they can do 20 plus points. I don't know what the spread on this game is. But I was I think just they about to tell you. I think they can win by double digits. All right. Well, Auburn is a 10 point favorite right now. The over under is 44 and a half. And like we said, this game is at Jordan Hare Stadium. But one thing I do want to tell you, Aaron, is that Coach O. Ed Orgeron is 7-2 and two against the spread in his last nine games. So if you've been betting against LSU, you have not been winning. But I think Auburn's defense is going to shut down Joe Burrow. You cannot expect Auburn to turn the ball over like Miami did in week one. And I don't think Miami's turnovers were as much of a product of LSU's defense forcing them as it was Miami self-inflicting their own wounds and and honestly just killing any shot they had of beating LSU as soon as the ball was kicked off. Aaron, I'm with you. LSU is not crowned quite yet. And, And I know that people overreact. We're only through two weeks of the college football season, but I'm not sold. I'm not sold from a talent perspective. I'm not sold from a quarterback perspective. And there's still so many questions at the running back spot for LSU. On the flip side, you look at Auburn. That defense is extremely stout. That front seven is for real. A lot of NFL guys are going to be headed to the next level from that defense. LSU has not played anybody of this caliber yet this season. I know they're feeling themselves, and if it was at LSU, maybe I would have a little bit of a different feel, but I do not think LSU will be able to compete. Now, will I say that they score less than 10 points? I don't know, but I take Auburn to certainly cover in this game. They're going to score a lot, and LSU cannot hang with them for 60 minutes. Jarrett Stidham will continue to prove that he has gotten a lot better in his second year in the SEC, and Coach O's in for a long day. There's no doubt about it. I would be shocked if this one goes down to the wire. Yeah, it should be. It'll be a fun game, though. I mean, this this, this is the big SEC, SEC game of the week. Obviously, CBS is there, but you know me. I'm a big fan of Stidham. I think Stidham's going to go out there and and show that he's really taking that next step, his maturity within this offense, going against. And listen, we both can agree on this one. LSU is a very good defense. I mean, Greedy Williams on the outside, All quarterback for LSU, one of the best in the country, but. Auburn's offense, and and I know they're not elite at the receiving position, but they have a lot of guys with a lot of starting experience and a lot of time with Stidham getting their routes down, feeling comfortable. I think they're going to show that come Saturday. Are you taking the under here? It's 44-and-a-half. I'm I'm guessing you're taking Auburn as well. I'm taking Auburn, uh, but it's going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, the Auburn, like I said, they've shown the ability to move the ball effectively against a very good defense week one. So I think they, they should be able to move the ball versus LSU. And plus it's, it's going to be a game of field position. And if LSU can't get first downs, if Auburn can pin them back and then get a short field to work with, that's just going to make it easier for this offense to be able to put points on the, on the board at the end of the day. No doubt. And just to keep everybody up to date, I went four and one last week in my picks, Aaron, you went two and three. So I have taken over the season two punt and pass picks lead, but there's a lot of football left to be played. So we're both on Auburn minus 10 and we're both on the under 44 and a half. That'll be a great game to watch. 330 SEC on CBS. Another top 15 matchup, Aaron, one that I think will be a very, very good game 
Saturday night, number four, Ohio State is going to Dallas to take on number 15, TCU. Again, this one's at 8 p.m. on ABC. It's at Jerry World, so it's kind of a weird mid-season neutral site game. Ohio State is a double-digit favorite. They're favored by 13 points. The over-under here is a bit higher at 59. Now, tell me if I'm wrong here, Aaron, but TCU and Gary Patterson, their head coach, who is defensive-minded, have been preparing for this game all offseason long. They had two games earlier in the season. They took care of business in both of them. They have been planning and scheming for this moment. And, oh yeah, Urban Meyer not on the sideline. This is his last quote-unquote suspension game, even though he's there today helping the Buckeyes prepare. He just won't be there on game day. I, I Listen, this is a very good TCU team, don't get me wrong, but Ohio State, just like Alabama, just like Georgia, just like Clemson, they're at a different level than everyone else. And right now, I wasn't sure could they win. Obviously, I knew they were going to win their first two games, but could they be close? Are they? Are we going to see this team struggle without Urban Meyer? I know he's at practice, but his ability to be on the sideline during these games. And Coach Day's done a heck of a job. This team's shown that they can be disciplined. They can execute the football, uh, both offensively and defensively. And then Dwayne Haskins has been an absolute animal as a quarterback Monster. and we and we know he could he's big he's strong there's a plethora of talent all around him from receivers to running backs and Ohio State always has a top-notch defense so I think they're just they're, they're a better football team they're deeper and they've been preparing for this game too I think neither team has really had any kind of challenge these first two weeks Rutgers and Oregon State for for Ohio State and then SMU and Southern for TCU when you look at your schedule, like, all right, we're, we're going to roll these first two weeks. Our backups are going to get a lot of PT. Wins our first big challenge. So Ohio State's kind of, I think, the same mentality, as you said, that TC, TCU was. Of We're circling that week three versus Ohio State. They're both going to be ready. It's national TV. But like I said, Ohio State, they're just a better football team. I think Dwayne has, is a legitimate Heisman contender. Oh, there's no doubt. The way he's played so far, and I think he's going to continue to do that throughout the season all right tell me this though urban meyer not on the sideline it doesn't sound like you think this game will be close in the fourth quarter but we mentioned it when the suspension came down obviously it has not happened yet this situation or scenario but if it's close late in the fourth quarter in situational football will be the deciding factor of the game will the buckeyes really miss urban meyer i mean i know their interim head coach Hasn't had any problems yet. I mean, they've been putting up 60-plus points a game, just blowing out their opponents. But I would be shocked if this one at least does not go into the second half, maybe into the fourth quarter, and you've got to be scratching your head sitting there going, Urban Meyer is one of the better situational football coaches in the country. If he's not there, you got to give the leg up to TCU, right? No. I, listen, it is. Urban Meyer, I'm sure, has been through every situation with Coach Day and said, hey, listen, they, these are my thoughts. He's not going to just send him out there without any head coaching experience and said, good luck. Uh, don't screw it up. I'll see you week four. They're going over these situations. They're, he, like he said, he's been there for the past two weeks in practice. I'm sure Coach Urban Meyer has watched at these first two games and has said, hey, this is what I would have done differently based on this situation throughout these two games. So he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. Um, a lot of it's common sense too, of when to, when to call a timeout, when to go for it, whether it's fourth down or, or to go for a touchdown. 
So he'll be fine. And, and like I said, it makes life easy when you have a bunch of All-Americans and a Heisman contending quarterback back there calling the shots too. All right, so speaking of Dwayne Haskins, the Heisman contending quarterback, if you're TCU and Gary Patterson, who is a defensive-minded head coach and he's been – with the Horn Frogs for a very long time. How do you stop an offense like Ohio State? I mean, not only do they have Dwayne Haskins, they can run the ball, they can get it out in the perimeter to some speed guys, but even if for whatever reason Dwayne's has, Dwayne Haskins isn't playing, I mean, Tate Martell's been in there as well, just putting up huge numbers. How do you stop that offense? Do you pressure them? They've got a big, strong offensive line. I mean, it just doesn't seem like there's a possibility for TCU to make an impact to stop Ohio State from scoring at will. You know you know what you do? You, one, you get the crowd involved early, so you get the crowd noise going, and then you have to play well offensively. I mean, Sean Robinson, who's been dominant so far, too, for TCU, he needs to get, control the time of possession. For that sure. offense for TCU needs to stay on the football field and then force Ohio State to press, force Ohio State to feel like we need to make big play after big play after big play in order to stay in this game. And then that's when you start getting the mistakes and then you have to capitalize when you have an opportunity to get a fumble, when you have an opportunity to get an interception, you need to get those. And if you can keep this crowd involved during the game and we saw it, we saw it last week versus Clemson. We saw it first uh, Texas A&M when that crowd was excited, when they were energized, they kept it a close made game. a difference. It makes a difference. And if TCU can keep things close, like I said, play well offensively. Uh, I think that's how you can pressure Ohio State offensively uh, to go out there and make a mistake and not not do what we've seen them do these first two weeks. All right, you're talking about Sean Robinson at TCU. You're talking about Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, which leads me to ask you this next question because you have a valuable piece of information that we will provide our listeners every single week right here on Punt and Pass. As you know, we are officially partnered with the Davey O'Brien Award, the National Quarterback of the Week. We are helping them decide who the quarterback of the year will be and who better than our own Aaron Murray SEC all-time leading passer in career yards and touchdowns to tell us who the quarterback of the week is or was for week two any chance it was one of those two guys who is the Davey O'Brien quarterback of the week for week two the quarterback of the week is Kyler Murray actually from Oklahoma okay he's been El Fuego uh these past couple weeks really not only just throwing the football, but running the football. So last week he was 19 and 36, 306 yards, three touchdowns, then another 69 yards on the ground Nice with two touchdowns. The big issue with Mr. Murray going forward, though, he's losing Rodney Anderson. So can he continue yeah. to put these stats up? I mean, he, he's on everyone's top five for Heisman right now. He's been electric. Obviously, if you have a quarterback that can not only throw the football but can run the ball as well, that brings a lot of excitement, and that's going to put you – and an opportunity to win a lot of awards throughout the season. But now it's going to be more on his shoulders. You know, Rodney Anderson, we saw it last year in the Rose Bowl. We've seen it at the beginning of this season. Is a special running back. He's a game changer. Now he's out, and then more pressure is going to be put on Kyler Murray going forward. We'll see if he's ready to handle the bigger load. Kyler Murray living up to that Murray surname. For sure, but you keep putting up stat lines like that. I mean, Jesus, the dude was phenomenal week one. Again, phenomenal week two. Congratulations. He is your Davey O'Brien quarterback of the week. And if you have a quarterback that can't get a first down, you got to send the punter out. That's what I'm here for. I am about to tell you who the week two Ray Guy Award punter of the week is. And it's University of Louisville punter Mason 
King. Last week, Mason King, in a win over Indiana State, averaged 46.5 yards per punt on six punts and pinned Indiana State inside their own 20-yard line three times. He set his career best mark, Aaron, with a 64-yard punt in the second quarter. Those are game changers. That's when Indiana State had to start their own drive at the 15 yard line so big congrats to mason king look you kick the ball over 60 plus yards a couple of times pin him inside the 23 times you're going to put yourself in a good position not only to have a great week but to help your team win and maybe get a recognition like the ray guy punter of the week so congrats to university of louisville punter mason king i think as we get deeper into the season aaron you're going to see punters really make a difference on the outcomes of some games. So congratulations, Mason. Check back next week. We'll tell you who the top eight players, punters, and quarterbacks are for week three. All right, Aaron, did you tell me who you liked in that Ohio State game? Ohio State minus 13, over under 59. I got I'm, – I'm going with the over on this one. Okay. And I'll take Ohio State with the points too. I think they – I said Dwayne Haskins with, with the talent around him. I, I don't think Ohio State's going to have a hiccup at all right now. Yeah, I, I, they're one of my teams. Ohio State's a buy team for me right now. I will bet them until they don't cover, and it seems like that ain't ha- not happening anytime soon. Ain't not double negative, but I'm with Ohio State here too and the over, so thanks, Aaron. You and I are in agreement right now. Agreement. I don't think agreement is a word. All right, let's go over these next couple games really quickly. I want to touch on Alabama heading to Ole Miss. This game's on ESPN at 7 p.m., Number one ranked Alabama is a 21-point favorite. The over-under in this game, 71 points. Any chance this game take is close? The over. Take the take over. Take the over. I'm saying right now, put it down, Drew. That's your guarantee. Mark it down as my Aaron's hot take guarantee of the week. All this right. game is going to go over 71 points. I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I The more I watch Jordan Tamu for Ole Miss, the more I'm like, man, this kid is – He's an NFL-type quarterback. He's big. He's strong. He's accurate. He knows where he's going with the football. Obviously, it helps when you have plenty of great receivers around you, like A.J. Brown, who's an absolute stud. Listen, we're going to find out a lot about Alabama's defense this week. I mean, can they match up against three or four really good receivers? This isn't we need to stop A.J. Brown. I mean, there is plenty of receivers from the Z to the X, the slot to the running game has been very uh, been been on fire for Ole Miss as well. And then Jordan Tamu, they just score I can't well. I can't I can't talk enough about this kid. His ability to put the ball where he wants to put it, whether it's out routes, post routes, go balls. It's been a very fun offense to watch. So I'm I'm excited to see this game. I do think that you flip it on the other side. Alabama, you can't stop their offense. It's like a video game right now. Ole, Ole Miss Ole Miss's defense is no Alabama defense. They're no. LSU defense, uh, Alabama should pretty much do what they want and score at will as well. So that's what I'm saying. This should be a high-scoring game, a lot of fireworks, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, but Alabama should. They're, they're just – obviously, they're better coach Nick Saban, especially defensively. They'll make the adjustments in the second half, get things figured out, uh, and then find a way to get a couple stops Dude, towards the end of the game. Ole Miss gave up 41 points last week to Southern Illinois. They did score seventy six, however. Yeah, I but mean, they did. But they did stop Texas Tech, which is a pretty good yeah, offense. That is Old very true. Only twenty seven, and you know, when you play smaller schools, sometimes you're not completely focused. You're you not playing your best up. game. 
you're just kind of cruising saying, Hey, we know our offense is going to score 70. Let's not try to kill ourselves out here defensively. So I would look more that Texas tech game and the fact that they held that offense, which is known to be, you know, or have the ability to score 40 plus points a game as well, held them to only 27. Um, so I think they'll step up a notch against this Alabama offense, but still, I don't know if they have enough meat up front uh, to be able to stop Alabama's All right, game. Here's a DB prop bet for you. Alabama scores 60 plus points. Yes or no? No. Really? 50 plus though. Okay, so you're going Alabama 50 plus, and obviously you think Ole Miss will score 20 think, plus. So do you think this game's Alabama close? Needs, Is it within Alabama, three touchdowns? I don't know or if no? Alabama's gonna have the ball that much. I mean, I think Ole Miss can eat up some clock. They can move the ball themselves. If you're gonna score 60 plus points, you need to be just killing time of possession. I'm talking about 35 plus minutes of time of possession in order to get 60 plus. So that's that's the only reason why. I say they're not going to be able to do so that. So do you like being a three-touchdown favorite here, or are you taking Ole Miss? So it's a 20-point favorite 21. or 21? Uh, I got Ole Miss. All right. We're off on that one. I take Bama minus the 21. I think Bama rolls in this game. I, I don't think Ole Miss will be able to score as much as they have been. Let's keep in mind, I know this is a different team. Alabama won this game last year 66-3. to So they know how to slow this offense down, and I know Ole Miss has so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball, but this game means a lot to Alabama. I mean, keep in mind, Chad Kelly beat them a couple years ago. I don't think Nick Saban's going to let these guys forget that. I think Alabama covers the 21. I think they score a ton of points, and I'm on the over. So take Alabama. They're one of my buy teams as well, Aaron. Them, Ohio State, and the next team that we're going to talk about, the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia is hosting Middle Tennessee State at 7:15 on SEC Network. The dogs are a 33-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 54 and a half. And I just want to give you this one statistic here. I know this is not an in-conference SEC game for the dogs, but they did absolutely handle business on the road just a week ago against South Carolina. This stat comes from Andrew Hall at Dude You Crazy on Twitter. He's a great follow for any dog fans that don't already follow him at Dude You Crazy. Georgia has scored, Aaron, at least 41 points in its most recent game against every team in the SEC East. The average score of Georgia against their SEC East opponents right now, as it stands, Aaron, 44 to 13 and a half. They beat South Carolina 41-17. They beat Kentucky 42-13. They beat Florida 42-7. They beat Mizzou 53-28. They beat Vandy 45-14. And they beat Tennessee 41 to nothing. That is absolute domination. That is kicking total ass against your opponents that will decide whether you get into your conference championship game or not. And it's a changing of the guard, Aaron, just as I told you last week before the South Carolina game. This is a different football team. And look, you can tell from the top down that when these smaller schools like a Middle Tennessee State come into Athens, you're not messing around. This will be done by the second quarter. Georgia will roll once again. They're going to get a bunch of young speed guys in the game late. And Justin Fields will get a ton of playing time as well. There's not much to break down here. I mostly just wanted to tell you that crazy statistic. Georgia's average score against its SEC East opponents right now is 44 to 13 and a half. 
Georgia is a dominant team right now. They are a top three team in the nation. They will cover 33 and a half points, and they'll probably score 55 points on their own. So take the over. Do you have anything to add, or did I just dominate you that You just crushed that. I mean, you have to take into consideration a little bit the weather. I mean, if it, if it is raining, if the hurricane at yeah. all, these outer bands get to Athens during the, that, that 7 o'clock kickoff, then you have to worry about can this thing get sloppy? Are there going to be fumbles? Are there going to be interceptions? So that's going to be in the consideration for uh, the over-under of how much Georgia's going to beat win this. I mean, there's no question Georgia's going to win. If they want to line up, if it's porn and just run the ball uh, 70 times that game, they're going to line up and run the ball 70 times. I'm hoping the rain holds off because I want to see, just like everyone else, Fields have an opportunity to go in there and play three quarters, have him play a half. I think Jake Fromm shown that he is – he's currently in midseason form. There's no questions that he doesn't need the reps at the moment. He's in complete control in the pass game, in the run game, making the necessary checks to put the offense in the right position. So let's see – I'm excited to see him play a little bit more, see what he can do. Uh, he's got some games under his belt now. He understands the difference between high school football and college football. No doubt. And, and playing in front of a big crowd. So that's, I think that it should be pretty packed because everyone wants to see the future. Uh, but yet, like I said, for, for betting purposes – I may hold off on this bet until actually closer to kickoff and see what the weather looks like. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Another but I'll game. take the, I'll take for the purpose of you and me. I'll take the over. Okay, good. And and you you lay in the points too. You think Georgia covers thirty three and a half? Yeah, okay. I'll take Georgia. I'll take the over the points, and I'll take Georgia covering as well. Awesome. I was going to Even if it gets sloppy, Middle Tennessee is not going to be able to score. No, not at all. Not no. against Georgia's no. defense. And, and again, they're still answering some questions, but they just have so much depth that they can stay fresh and they can attack the quarterback. And then their secondary is shaping up to be very good, which I don't think a lot of people were expecting, especially at the safety positions. But Georgia Stout, man, Georgia Stout, and it seems like their next true test will definitely be that LSU game because um, Tennessee, no thanks. And, oh, let me just get this out before we get out of here, Aaron. I'm already seeing Vanderbilt is playing Notre Dame this weekend, and I am seeing this. I don't know how deep you get into, like, SEC Twitter or reading any college football website, but I'm already seeing it. Wow, Vanderbilt looking pretty strong through two weeks. Now, they have played two cupcake teams, but what they've happened? blown what them happened? out. What Hey, give give me Alabama. Give us Alabama. Thank what you. happened last year when exactly. everyone thought Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt going to get smoked by Notre Dame this uh, weekend? I'm not going to say smoked. They Wimbush, will. Wimbush is not good. Wimbush is not good to Vanderbilt move the ball up and down the field. They're going to win. Underdog. They're not. And, they're going to win, but. The, they're I'll not never gonna just they're not going to blow Vandy out of the water. I will sure. never, ever buy Vanderbilt football. And let me just tell you this right now. It happened a year ago. It's probably going to happen again. And one of my hottest takes last year was that Vanderbilt was the most upsetting story in the SEC because after two weeks they were calling out Alabama and they didn't win a game for like nine weeks in a row. Vanderbilt stinks out loud. They're awful. And I guarantee you that if they somehow do get past Notre Dame, all Georgia fans are going to have to put up with that. Oh, Vanderbilt's going to come to Athens, and they're going to be playing spoiler. Give me a break. The Commodores are trash. They are the bottom barrel of the SEC, and they will lose big time this weekend to Notre Dame. 
Take it to the bank. Believe me when I say that. And Aaron, I was going to ask you about this USC-Texas game. USC didn't even score a touchdown last week against Stanford. Texas lost big time to Maryland. I mean, I know these are two top brands in college football. I may not even watch this game. It doesn't interest me. Neither team is very good. And uh, again, ESPN... ABC, the powers that be. I think this game's on Fox. They they want you to believe that this game will be great, but let's put it this way. It's not. No, it's not a good football league. I mean, Texas obviously lost to Maryland, and we all know all the stuff going off the field with Maryland this offseason, and then uh, played a close game last week versus Tulsa, uh, who actually I'm covering this week. So, you yep. know, not a, bad, not a bad football team, but a team that still won two games last year, um, and you expect Texas at home to dominate. Listen, I, if I'm going to watch this game, I want to watch for JT Daniels. I want to see this quarterback, very young freshman quarterback. Can he can he improve? I mean, he had a good first week, went into Stanford last week, and, and had a trouble t- tough time on the road, which was expected against a very good Stanford team. Can he go back, make the corrections, and then play better this week? Is he mature enough uh, to go back, self-evaluate, and then take that next step? Or is he going to sulk and – and not move forward from that loss last week. So that's why I'm watching because I do think he's very talented, has a chance to be a really good quarterback for USC. But, man, it's it's crazy to have these two big brands, Texas and USC, just not dominant and not no. scary. I mean, this isn't Texas. I mean, Texas walks into your stadium, and you're not you're not scared at all. You're like, all right, well, Texas is here. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll beat them. <laughs> USC's mean... here. Eh, whatever. That's fine. It, that's that's To me, it's crazy because I guess I grew up – you know, early 2000s when those teams were just kicking everyone's butt. Yeah. And they were scared. I mean, that team would show up, and it was like Alabama or Georgia. I mean, and you were like, man, we're about to get toasted today. And that it, that's not the case right now. No, it's not the case. But if I could give JT Daniels one piece of advice, Aaron, and look, I've never played quarterback before, and I know the guy should still technically be in high school, but it's this. Score points. Y'all scored three points last week against Stanford. That ain't going to happen. Uh, you're not going to win if that happens at Texas. So maybe lead your offense into the red zone and put the ball into the end zone for six True, points. You but are, that's just you are a quarterback whisperer. That's just you me. Are, I mean, that's just hey, you know, hey, sorry. young QB, put the ball in the zone. There you you know, whatever you do, make sure that little brown pigskin cross the big white line hey i mean if you want to win football games it's pretty simple just score more points than the other team that is how you win football games anything on the way out murray no just hoping i get back on sunday you know there's a little music midtown going on maybe i'll catch a couple couple shows sunday night if it's not absolutely pouring here in atlanta but other than that uh, should be another fun week. All right, sounds good. Catch Murray Sunday night at Music Midtown. And check back with us Monday morning for Week 3 Roundup. Thanks for tuning in. We are at Punt and Pass. He is at Aaron Murray 11 I am at Drew Butler 13 We'll talk to you on Monday. See you.